Namaste. Shobindo reveals us that in this Chatur Yuga at least, that is the four Yugas, and there are several such four Yugas. So in this Chatur Yuga, which is the seventh uh, Chatur Yuga, uh, India is meant to be the guardian and the custodian of the highest knowledge. Highest spiritual knowledge, the deepest, most profound occult knowledge. So it is meant to guard it and its whole geography and everything is according to that. So it has guarded this deepest spiritual knowledge in three ways. One is it has kept the highest, deepest spiritual experiences and realizations by countless seers and sages like a compendium which is what the Vedas are. So it has kept that. It has also brought out of them several lines of metaphysical thought and philosophy. Then it has given a yoga through which it has been the custodian of yoga and for each age India gave a kind of yoga appropriate to that age. For example, and as we shall see as we proceed, that for the earliest stages of mankind when man is transiting from the animal type to the human type, the characteristic yoga is hat yoga. And when human beings develop more subjective sense, they become much more conscious of their emotions, their will, the thought structures, then the Raj Yoga. And then still further, the yoga changes into a more and more psychological system until it becomes Adhyatma Yoga. And the third way through which India has preserved this highest knowledge is through countless stories and legends. It is um, unfortunate that many of these legends and are regarded as myths or debunked by unchaste minds. I won't use the word Western or Indian. It's unchaste mind because they are gross minds. They believe in only in the physical reality as it is conjured by the senses. Even science tells us that what the senses reveal as reality, actually it hides much more than what it reveals. It's just a tip of the iceberg. So in India, these profound secrets have been preserved through stories, legends. And among these stories and legends which have preserved these profound spiritual truths, the Mahabharata and the Ramayana stand in the first rank of humanity, our human seeking. And in the Ramayana, as also in Mahabharata, we have mentioned of a very interesting fascinating uh, demigod and he is known as Hanuman. So very often, sometimes I see people discussing about Hanuman and they really believe that how can there be a character like Hanuman? It's all story, it's all mythology because uh, the degree of the reach of human mind is now limited to Harry Potter. But Hanuman is much more, much deeper and we'll see that how in the story of Hanuman, the physical, the occult, the spiritual, all of them are interwoven together. The story of Hanuman's life is very simple. He is born, how he is born, who he is, his initial description is given as Shankar Subhan Kesari Nandan. And he is also Pavanisut. So, see these names. So, Kesari is his father, Anjani is his mother. And he is also Pavanaputra, so the, the, the son of the wind god. And he is Shankar Suvan, he is an aspect of Shiva. It, 
something of Shiva is incarnated into him. So the story goes that there is a, a time, there are different stories, but one that uh, comes so beautiful is Shiva, that is Hara, and Hari, that is Vishnu, they come together. And when they come together, out of this tremendous energy, we see that Hanuman or, or that energy takes shape because Shiva is drawn to Hari, because of Hari's Mohini Rope. And out of their fusion, there emerges this wonderful, tremendous energy, which is the joint creation of Hari and Har. And this energy cannot go wasted. So, so Pavan, Maruts, the wind god, carries it all the way to Anjani, who is at that point of time carrying and transplants that energy, fuses it into Anjani's womb, and then Hanuman is born, Anjane as he is called in the southern side, Maruti also because Maruts are the wind gods. And then he grows up and as he grows up, there are several exploits. One of them is that he flies and he wants to eat the sun as fruit. And as he goes near, he is hit by the thunderbolt of Indra. He falls down to ground, unconscious and then they realize that there is the aspect of Shiva in him. So all the gods give him a blessing. So wind god gives him a blessing that you can fly as much as you want. The Varuna, the water god gives him blessing that you can't be drowned. Agni gives him the blessing that you can't be burnt. Nobody can burn you. And of course, uh, Indra makes his body as strong as Vajra and the sun god himself grants him immortality. Now, this just only this part of the story is so interesting because as we know, these are all the five elements. And uh, Hanuman, of course, at that point he forgets. And much later, Hanuman regains all these things when he has to do a work for the divine. So Hanuman, after that, forgets. All these are boons given to him, but there is a caveat that he will remember, he will forget all these boons, he will forget all these powers, and they will come into play only when he remembers his mission for which he is here. So Anuman has forgotten all this and then on the, in the meantime there is something happening in Ayodhya and then Rama is walking through Kishkinda in search of Mata Sita and that time uh, Hanuman is sent by Sugriv. Sugriv himself has uh, been abandoned, outcast from his own kingdom and Sugriv sends Hanuman that please find out who, are, who is uh, these two uh, warriors. Have they been sent by Wali to kill me? So he goes and uh, finds out that no, they are the Avat Kumars and they are in search of Sita and then story unfolds and Wali is killed and Hanuman becomes the, from that time onward, there is a new name which comes with him, Ramadut. And Ramadut, he becomes Atulit Baladhama. So without Hanuman, you can't conceive of the story of Ram. That's something very fascinating. And even Ram tells him that, you know, without you, my works will remain incomplete. So, so many descriptions, Ram Kaj Karibe Kwatur, he is ever ready to serve the Lord. So the moment comes and they have to find out Mata Sita, where is she? And Hanuman has forgotten all his powers, so he is also wondering, pondering. Then Jamvant, the, um, you know, he is the bear. God and he tells him that Hanuman, you are no, no ordinary person. You can cross the sea if you wish to. And there is a very beautiful interchange that takes place and Hanuman crosses the sea, brings the message of Mata Sita, kills a number of Rakshasas, 
destroys all the much of the wealth of Lanka burns Lanka burns and then he comes back and then of course there is the great battle and Ram wins uh, in in the battle there is another episode the most famous one where uh, first when Ram and Lakshmana are tied by Nagpash and Hanuman goes and brings Garuda to cut the Nagpash and another when Lakshmana is hit by Shakti of Meghna then he goes all the way to bring Sanjeevani booty from the Himalayas and thereby uh, bring back Lakshman to his normal life, his normal sense, his awareness. So, because he is the one who always clears the obstacles and no force can stay him. So, Hanuman is also known as Sankat Mochan. He can, you know, clear all the difficulties and dangers and obstacles that come on the path. So, now this is the story, the framework of the story and several questions come with regard to the story. One is that, what is this story of a Vanara? He's often, you know, they are described as Vanara. So, our human mind and thanks to all the television and all those things, we conceive of Vanara as the animal. Now, I just want to read something from Shirobindo, from Records and Yoga, where he has, as a yoga drishti, seen these profound truths. And there is a passage where Shubindo writes about the present evolutionary cycle taking place upon earth just as the previous took place upon Mars, which has been abandoned. Passingly mentions and who knows the next one may take place on Venus. So there is always for the divine different plans, different theatres. So here he writes, Shubindo, the animal proper is a lower type. Uh, Shubindo is, he knows what he is speaking he is a, for those who believe still in the mythology of Cambridge, well, he is a Cambridge <laughs> educated <laughs> master of 32 languages. You can't, uh, you know, when he uses logic and reason, uh, you just wonder. <laughs> so, and of course, that Shurabindu is writing, who is a yogi of yogis. The animal proper is a lower type. Certain devas of the manasic plane in the Bhuvar Lok descend in the higher type of animal. So there are many stories in Indian mythology of the animal in whom a deva has manifested. So in this story of Ramayana, we see for instance Jamvan, we see Jatayu, there are characters which are animals, but in those animals we see all the attributes and traits of some kind of a god. So this is early phases of earth evolution. They can use, just like you see, there are animals which are driven by very hostile and dark force. You know, when dogs go mad, like a, chaotically they go bite because uh, another force has possessed them. Uh, cats, they can receive occult influences. Animals can even be charged, just like you charge other things. Snakes, serpents, so all these, there was a whole, they saw the forces which operate behind the animal type. And Shobindu says that there are some higher types of animals which uh, have had the descent of devas of the manasic plane, from the mental plane. Is Hanuman part of that? No. They are not mental beings proper, but only half mental vital beings. They are individual souls, but the individuality is less vigorous than the type soul. 
if they were not individual they would not be able to incarnate in individual forms so there are animals where we begin to see there are dogs who begin to almost become like human individualized so he says that there are these kind of animals in whom like jamban story jamban again comes in ramayana and mahabharata very clearly that he is a kind of deva who has incarnated in so who is hanuman so he says that um, prajapati manifests as vishnu upendra incarnate in the animal or pashu in whom the four manus have already manifested themselves and the first human creature who appears is in this kalpa the vanara you see when hanuman is given the boon of immortality it is till this kalpa so in this kalpa the first type that comes again here it is the human not animals occupied by the gods which is he has already described and i would rather jambant and jatayu and sampati belong to that but here the vanara so who is the vanara vanara is not the animal ape but man with the ape nature his satyug is the first paradise for man begins with the satyug begins with a perfected type not a rudimentary type the animal forms a perfect type for the human pashu and then only a manuputra or manu a human a true mental soul enters into existence upon earth he has almost completely made clear the story of ramayana which is an evolutionary tale from the vanara to the manava and here hanuman represents the highest of the vanara type who is a human but with ape like nature and he is transiting from the animal type to the first prototype human in rama human in the true sense there have been human beings before him but none like ram because he is the one that's why he he becomes uh, for all uh, at least in india he becomes vandaniya he is the one who is like the ideal of the aryan humanity like if you have to become a human being you don't think of krishna krishna exceeds the human you can't imagine krishna as an ideal human being because krishna exceeds the human but rama is an ideal human being you see when Uh, kapali shastri went and met shurbindo and he spoke in sanskrit and shurbindo he brought a fruit and he saw shurbindo coming out and his form all with that golden hue and when shurbindo with his perfect gentle mildness and his uh, you know when you saw him and when he sat and asked him to sit he says i felt that the ideal of aryan as typified in rama has come alive come true in his everything in his gait his gesture his posture everything so rama is the ideal human type the first time we see man in the true sense is established upon earth in rama and therefore the sandhi between sugriv and ram becomes so interesting and fascinating because sugriv is the uh, ape like human and he joins rama and thereby he goes on the evolutionary tail on the other hand wali too self satisfied with his ape like nature because he is strong and mighty and the asura and the rakshasa too self satisfied with their rakshasi and asuric nature they are destroyed so this is another evolutionary transition in which we are going 
and the mother has predicted about that there is there are layers of humanity which are like abortive attempts at human evolution they will collapse ways and means will be created but there are among us humans those who are ready to join hands do sandhi with the new god like humanity which typified with shurbinder and the mother they will be lifted up so we see in ramayana this story of transition which is taking place what about all these things about rama uh, hanuman flying in air hanuman suddenly his tail goes high why is he called vajrangi vajrangi literally is vajrang according to the story indra gave him his thunderbolt like power now let's look at it from the elements point of view so all the elements have given him power so which is the most original element ether space who is the head sitting there which god indra hanuman cannot exceed pass him why because he is the wind god next to ether is the wind so he goes right up to there and the sun is beyond you have to cross the ether to arrive at that supramental effulgence so you can't now hanuman crosses all the gods none of them can stop him why because he is vayu putri he carries that aspect of pavan so he all the elements and their energies enter into him very naturally and when he goes there the only thing that is missing is the ability to fly past the ether so he falls back to earth and of course indra says that well uh, you are not meant to do that right now you do this and then we see his powers and capacities those who are aware of not this hatha yoga we don't practice hatha yoga at all we are just doing some asanas but the original hatha yoga of the lemurian kings so who did it harinikashyap you know did it ravana did it king of lanka ravana did hatha yoga as well as raj yoga to an extent uh, but mainly hatha yoga but hanuman represents the ultimate hatha yogin Angad also did hatha yoga so Angad could place his foot and all the consciousness energy could so firmly get rooted there that you couldn't shake now hatha yoga is known to give eight siddhis ast siddhi nav nidhi ke data what are these ast siddhi so we know we were reading the other day so one is anima the power to become small like a mosquito that's how it is described So I was just referring to this story, which is so interesting story. Which even we can draw a lot of side conclusions. So there is the story when Hanuman is crossing the ocean, and Sursa, who is a goddess, but he takes the form of a Rakshasi. Sursa naam Rakshasi eka, and she challenges Hanuman. You have to bypass me. She says, "But how can you stop my way? See, Hanuman is buddhi, so he can destroy her, but he won't destroy meaninglessly. He must first test who is she." So she says, "Well, I am hungry, so I must eat you." Hanuman is very kind and compassionate. So he says, "To ma, to mujhe kha na le. Eat me or don't eat me." She says, "Okay." She opens the mouth, and Hanuman becomes bigger. She opens the mouth still further. Jo jo sursa mukhbisrava tasu dona kapi rup dikhawa. He becomes greater and greater, and she doesn't know what's happening. He says, "You eat me. Try eating me." And then suddenly, because Hanuman has also promised her, "You can eat me," he becomes a small little Hanuman. Goes into you. Remember that story? Going inside and carrying out before she can close the mouth. Now this story is so profound. I mean, as a psychiatrist, psychological insight. 
if the difficulty comes and challenges you, become greater than the difficulty. If death comes, say, I am deathless. Jo jo sursa mukh visrava tasudun kapi rup dikhava. Why? Because he is Who can say that? He says, I am here for the Lord's work. You can't touch me. Even if you are death, you have to stay till I finish the work. That's how he says even on the way when he is going for Sanjeevani Bhuti. You can't touch me till I come back. So, he tells Sursa also that mother, let me come back. <laughs> In that process, even he, you know, that Parvat comes and tells him to Menak rest, but he says, I can't rest till I finish the Lord's work. So, those, Hanuman is the epitome of Sheva, Shakti and Bhakti. Shakti that, come and, that comes from Bhakti and Seva. So, now look at it. If the difficulty increases, keep increasing, keep increasing. And then there comes a time when be humble and pass through. We use this Chinese legend, when you meet a wall, change and pass through. It is Shintoism, but we have our own thing. There are two ways of encountering difficulty. Become greater than the difficulty. So we have this story of Sri Ramakrishna, where their disciples who say, uh, who are we or are we God, all this. So he says, ask Nag Mahashe. Nag Mahashe is very humble. Nag Mahashe, who are you? He says, Thakur, I am the dust of your feet. That sees humble. Humility before the divine. Suddenly Vivekananda comes. He says, Ha, we will ask Narendra. Narendra, who are you? He says, Aham Brahmasmi. I am the So he says, see? Both. So both methods Hanuman uses. On one side he says, You can't eat me just because you want it. You can eat me only if I allow. And also the other method of humility. So there are many stories of Hanuman like that. But to come back to the fable. So we see that how beautifully these stories are so interwoven. So in Hatha Yoga, there are several siddhis. One of them is Anima. You become very small. Then there is Garima. In Anima, Mahima, Lagima. Lagima is very small. Then there is Anima. You become very light. And Sri among the modern yogis, is the one who has actually experienced and somebody saw him. And he was frightened because he saw Sri uh, whole body raised up. But see how Sri is meticulous and scientific in the jail. So he ran away. He thought, what's gone wrong? So when somebody asked Sri because legends uh, grow like that, that you were touching the ceiling. He said, not teaching, touching the ceiling. My left knee was raised six inches and the right was raised beyond one feet. So meticulously, scientifically. And therefore, he said that anima is a, lagima is a real siddhi. You can become light if you alter the balance between the physical body and the material earth. It's so interesting, scientifically. We have not known how to manipulate the earth's gravitational field. The way we know it, because we don't understand gravity. You won't need these fuels to fly out into space. This is, of course, a different kind of whole futuristic science. So, there is an actual siddhi where you can become so light that you can automatically fly in the air. Shubhinda says you have the attributes then of the subtle body which can fly. So, this is possible to a hat yogi. Second, garima. You become so heavy that you cannot be moved. Nothing can move you. 
and then you have mahima mahima is where none of these uh, uh, mahima is um, when none of these uh, things which normally would kill kill us fire drowning none of them can affect us we can live under water for a long period fire cannot burn so now we understand duryodhan had also art yoga he had mastered some of this vidya so he hid in the sarovar for a long time so there are actual possibilities in the human body it, it, you don't have to be a supramental being to become that they were known art yogis developed they were because they were working on the body subtle physical in the supramental bodies will have these attributes but not through hatha yoga there is another process and we'll have many more things but it's not equivalent to supramental body we should not mistake that so there is this garima mahima lagima anima and then there is of course the power to withstand any impact including the impact of avalanche so that's how it becomes vajra ang and that story that he has got vajrang there are many many stories so but first to finish this these are man's beginnings that is the early stage of evolution from the uh, ape like uh, human human who is ape like nature to human which we see in ramayana and this is a story which must be remembered always and that's why rama is the first prototype human and that's why we associate him with aryavarta he is the one who you know uh, traveling all the way from other side all the way from uh, ayodhya and further up if we go janakpuri um, mata sita right up to lanka he connects india shri krishna does the other connection <laughs> from <laughs> mathura gujarat to manipur why is emissary arjun so between the two of them <laughs> they have managed <laughs> the whole of india but these beginnings these are man's beginnings he rises by the descent of ever higher types of manu from the bhuvar lok first he is pashu then pishacha then pramath then rakshasa then asura then deva then siddha this is the human journey of evolution so he ascends the ladder of his own being towards the satpurush so manu is the first prototype human who is there in the typal world and he conducts the evolution for each yuga there are these manus who will conduct the evolution to he'll draw human nature towards higher and higher degrees but speaking of hanuman is vajrang we have heard so many stories of hanuman exploits of hanuman but one of them which is there in valmiki ramayan which is not much known hanuman's slaying of dumra rakshas i don't know how many have heard this not heard this so this is a part from 52nd um, i think it's the canto or something of yuddhakand of valmiki ramayan which shurabindo is translated so it is so beautiful so shurabindo translates a long poem but i am just reading a few lines the son of tempest saw his army's rout astonished by dhumrakshas dhumrakshas incidentally is mama of uh, ravan he is uh, mandodri's brother and his father is malivan so he is very mighty rakshas and initially when the vanara and the rakshasas are fighting suddenly dhumrakshas comes 
and he is regarded as as mighty as Ravan himself. He is sometimes regarded as uh, there is a name which is connected to Ravan. He is one of those mites. So when he comes, suddenly the uh, Vanaras they start running, and this is seen by the son of Tempest. Who is son of Tempest? Rudra. See how beautifully in Anuma's story, why is always attracted to Hari's avatar, Rama, because that is the point from which he is born. Her attracted to Hari. And that's why in Ramayana we will see constantly Shiva remembering Hari. Because he is involved there. He is a unique story where Shiva sends an emission to help an avatar of Vishnu. And there he is, he is regarded as 11th Rudra. And we know Rudra is a force that can create upheavals beyond measures. But he is a Deva. So, the son of Tempest saw his army's rout astonished by Dhumrakshas. Wrath he saw and came. Carrying a giant crag he came, red gazing and with all his father's force. Now along with Rudra who is coming? Pavan. With all the might of the wind god he hurls. A dire Dhumrakshasa's chariot hurled. This is exactly the way it is given in uh, Valmiki's Yudhikant. That he first breaks the chariot. <laughs> so, alarmed, Dhumrakshas saw the flying boulder come and rearing up his club from the high car, he leaped. See, when Shobindu describes the Veeras and the battle, it's so near. It looks like it is happening right in front of your eyes. So, what he does, Dhum Rakshas, when he sees my chariot is broken, so he picks up his club. Down crashed the rock and ground the car to pieces, wheel and flag and pole and yoke and the forsaken bow. Hanuman too, abandoning his chariot. So, first he also comes down and breaks with the mace, club, Hanuman's chariot. And Hanuman now comes down. Now it is face to face. Hanuman too, abandoning his chariot through the ranks, opposing strode with havoc, trees untopped, unlopped, whatever. Trees unlopped. Unlopped is like a lollipop. <laughs> trees unlopped. With all their bows for mace and clubs he used. With shattered heads and bodies oozing blood, the giants fell before him. Scattering so, the giant army, Hanuman, the wind's tremendous son, took easily in his hands a mountain's mighty top and ran and strode where stood Dhumraksha. So he picks up a mountain or a hillock. <laughs> See, it is so interesting. It is, there is a rasa in it. Which is very difficult to explain to a very pacifist. Oh, we are non-violent children of Gandhi. What kind of a nonsense is this? We are children of Rama and Krishna. Where did we become? Gandhi became father of nation. I mean, look at this is the race which forgot its own heroes. And here he comes. So what does he do? Scattering so the giant army, Hanuman, the wind's tremendous son, took easily in his hands a mountain's mighty top, and ran and stored, strode where stood Dhumrakshas. Hati yogis, so blessed with the divine energy. Everything is possible. In our modern times also, this is the story of Ramamurti. Shubindra speaks about him, the legion. So Ramamurti, 
was Gama's uh, mentor and Gama was Dara Singh's mentor. Dara Singh we have heard. So, Ramamurti, the legend goes that he was so strong that he had challenged the British that if you stop me, uh, uh, you send a train with full speed, I'll stop it. If the train runs over me, then you can take it that Indians will accept slavery. But if I stop it, then you have to grant freedom. This is all documented. And initially they said, okay, but then they got scared. Why? Because Ramamurti was given the name Chota Bhim. And the real story goes that when he went to Spain, Hitler had given him the title Chota Bhim. I mean, when he saw. So, not Spain, in, in Germany, his feet. So, they let loose a bull in the arena that you, you have, we have heard so much about you. He said, no, no, I don't want to do all these things. But just because he wanted to get money for India to eventually use it for Indian independence, he stood. And the bull came running. And Ramurthy is doing nothing. When it comes right in front, he stretches his arms. This is a documented story. Holds the horns and just puts it down. <laughs> like a toy. That's all. This is a real story. So if Ramamurti in modern times, who was not even a hot yogi, could accomplish this feat, what to speak of Hanuman? So he takes up and... Now, why is this important? Because you know, all these are fantastic stories. We have stopped believing in greatness. It is one of the things that this kind of a so-called left liberal thought is. It has tried to finish all that is great. And Shobindu says that if you finish all greatness, what is there for man to really look up to? So, roaring answer loud, the mighty giant with his club appeared. He's not going to give up. He roared. Came furiously to meet the advancing. The giants fell before him. Why? Because Anuman is there. He is finishing them all. Scattering so the giant army. Hanuman, the wind's tremendous son, took easily in his hands a mountain's mighty top and ran and strode where stood Dhumrakshas. Roaring answer loud, the mighty giant with his club upreared came furiously to meet the advancing foe. Hanuman is coming, so he comes furiously. What does he do? Wrathful, the heroes met. A heroes. They are not uh, violent people. They are not a street fight. A heroes. It needs courage and strength. We worshipped strength at one point. And on the head, wrathful, the heroes met. And on the head of Hanuman, the weapon many spiked of dire Dhumrakshas fell. So he puts that many spike club. Imagine that giant, how heavy, on the head of Hanuman. What would happen? Of dire Dhumrakshas fell, but he, the ape, strong in a inheritance of might divine, not even heeded such a blow, but brought right on Dhumrakshas's crown the summit huge. He was holding the mountain top. He didn't even bother. <laughs> and brought on Dhumrakshas head, the summit huge, and all his limbs were shattered with the stroke. And like a broken mountain, they collapsed. Earthward, overwhelmed, insmitten, prone, the giants left, survivors of that slaughter, fled alarmed, and entered Lanka by the apes pursued. And butchered as they fled, 
but from that flight victorious weary rested hanuman amid his slaughtered foemen and engirt with the red rivers he had made to flow praised by the host rejoicing in his wounds what can one speak <laughs> so hanuman is one of the chiranjeevis who will live forever till the end of kalp not immortal in that sense so he is a very real god who can help those who turn towards him what does he grant us according to one of the the hanuman chalisa so he grants all these siddhi navniddhi but he did won't grant just like that you know like shiva just <laughs> through a boon so he grants to those who want to serve the divine and mother said that hanuman is the divine who took this form to show us the way of bhakti and seva so he showed what is the way of how to serve the lord and truly that is what stands out in his story if ever one has to look at how to serve the divine some examples stand out one is lakshmana sleepless keeps a vigil another is bharat who guards the kingdom keeping ram's uh, you know sandals on the throne as a trustee but none like hanuman who is always there by the side of the lord sleepless ever ready to help so he buddhi vidya bal dehu mahi bal buddhi vidya dehu mahi harahu kalesh vikar these are the things he gives but most of all to those who love him and seek him he gives the power of bhakti and the shakti that comes by service of the lord namaste